Who All right. What? Okay, are we ready? Um, yep. Are you? I'm. I'm always ready. I, I, I rock because I have this intro. Well, this is totally not dancing, and you're listening to the Shred Shack. <laughs> With the faded. <laughs> Way to go. Greetings, folks. I'm Dan Mack. And this is Chris Mack. And I'm Pete. Welcoming you to episode 83 of the Shred Shack podcast. Chris, read the rest because I didn't pull up the script. Your premier source of news and uninformed, <laughs> yet heavily biased opinions pertaining to all things heavy metal, airing weekly on iTunes, Mixcloud, and Google Play, For now. as well on YouTube at youtube.com slash the Shred Shack and youtube.com slash Adamans Templum. You can read the next line, too. Okay. <laughs> and today, we are not alone here in the studio. I mean, you know, my living room. <laughs> Um, Does it say clip? Yes, clip. <laughs> <laughs> clip. Here comes a new challenger. That's how I do it when I do oh the, uh, the the album reviews too. <laughs> <laughs> clip. <laughs> Put this here, asshole. Um, so we are joined by a fourth person who was actually here for our lost eighty-second episode, um, but <laughs> because of you know things that were. The house was burning down, and <laughs> dogs were all over the place, and it was just—it was kind of a clusterfuck. Uh, but she's here now, so say hi. Hi. Who are you? Oh, I, you just said hi. I'm Lindsay Mack, Dan's wife. Yes, that is that is my wife. You poor woman. <laughs> you poor poor woman. Lindsay actually does some behind-the-scenes stuff for us uh, as far as preparing some of the S5 scripts and um, getting the information that I need to do to cover new bands. Um, now, we also forgot to do this when we did the 82nd episode, but usually when we have somebody come on the show who is not a normal part of the show or becoming such, we ask them to give their history of heavy metal. So, Lindsay, how did you get into heavy metal? Oh, right. How far back was I going? You said, you said something about... Oh, okay. Um, so... I well, technically, my dad was always a rock guy in general. So, so it sounds like ours. Yes, well, big deadhead. I don't think your dad was a big deadhead, but <laughs> I think it was his first concert. Oh, okay. Well, my dad liked he like followed them around. I don't know. Um, so, grew up mostly on rock stuff. My sister liked to buy the stuff that was, you know, popular at times. So I would steal her CDs, and that's how I learned got Metallica and stuff mm -hmm. and then when I was in high school I used to spend a lot of time online and they used to have those um you know the dorky shrines for like different anime stuff and on a what? dragon <laughs> and on a Dragon Ball Z website they had a tune in the background I thought was cool and I somehow figured out how to find out what the song was and it was My Lost Lenore by Tristania and that was my first super metal band and then I started looking for other female fronted metal bands from there and that was wow I think when Dan I helped a lot when I <laughs> when we first met um that was like what are your big obsessions as far as metal goes um is Tristania and also I remember Iced Earth being a big deal for you oh well I liked Tara's show well, I, I mean, there's, there's no shame there. So. Yeah. <laughs> there's no shame there. I think that was the album that got me into well, Iced Earth as well. So. Well, the X was a big metal guy, but he was into other metal. I like your metal better. <laughs> I like your metal better, Dan. It's the new, uh, it's the new slogan for this show. I feel like. <laughs> Our metal is better than yours. Right. We're, we're, we're going to change the back of those t-shirts. <laughs> 
I like your medal better. <laughs> wow. Yay. <laughs> so there you have it, folks. I'm the best. Um, anything else to contribute to that little story? No, that was pretty no. much it. Yeah, you, you know who Bruce Dickinson is, though, right? Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> How would I not? You Thank pa- you! <laughs> you passed the test. Well, the, the reason I bring this up, it's a, it's a, been a joke for like the last, like, I don't know. Tw- Over a decade, because, yes. A long time ago. We went to see Ozfest, and RMA was on Ozfest. It was with his ex-girlfriend, and... Uh, She's like, who's that guy singing for Iron no, Maiden? No, 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 no. That was, that was um, what ended up happening was uh, Dickinson was coming out with uh, his re-releases for his uh, other albums, and I think someone had, since this was still back in the Tower days, I think someone had brought up the CD to her, um, and like made mention of it, and she asked who it was. Oh, oh yeah, okay, okay, okay. And the person looked at him, uh, looked at her like, um, do you know who you're dating right now? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and I think the the whole joke with seeing them in, at Ozfest was oh, it was like, like when they came out, I was like who's that guy? Yeah, it was, like, it was a continuation, like like hey, who's that guy at the front of the? St- I don't know who that guy is. Who's that What's guy? his name? I, I, remember I, his I, name? I, I, the name is on the tip of my tongue. Damn, I can't think of it. Yeah. So that that's where that, 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 that's where that came from. That was good times. But anyway, let's move right along to old business. Old business is old business, and new business is new business. Business. All right, so we haven't talked about this one in a long time. Uh, but according to the Hollywood Reporter, the, that lawsuit brought against Avenged Sevenfold by his former label, Warner Brothers Records, could set a new legal precedent if it actually goes to trial in December. Warner Brothers sued Avenged Sevenfold in late 2015 after the band left the label by citing the California Labor Code's seven-year rule. The, the rule allows for parties to exit contracts after seven years if certain unfavorable conditions exist. Nearly every, if not all, similar cases in California have been settled out of court before trial. But a provision in the rule allows labels to collect money that would have been made on undelivered albums. Warner Brothers is seeking damages based on the fact that Avenged Sevenfold had one album left on his contract, while the band has argued that extensive turnover in the label's staff led to an unsatisfactory working relationship. If it loses, Avenged Sevenfold could face a verdict between $5 million and $10 million. Warner Brothers is also being allowed to seek its attorney fees already mounting to more than $1.5 million. It's okay. They still got a ton of money from the uh, from the stage, right? Everybody do the flop! Ouch. As a matter of fact, the article that I got this from later on mentioned that, yeah, that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> they mentioned that the commercial, the, the lack of commercial success from the, you know, surprise release kind of backfired on Avengers. Oh, yeah. Fierce. Oh, yeah. No, no, no doubt about that. So. Well, we failed. <laughs> Don't look, honey. <laughs> I like Event Sevenfold, but that was bad idea on, on on all fronts. I mean, I'm sure the whole reasoning of it was because of this whole Warner thing. But dude, like, you failed. You dumb. You you, you dumb as hell. Not, not not a not a good not a good plan. That suck if they lose though. Well, yeah, but like I mean, record companies don't have enough power at the moment. We actually mentioned Warner Brothers later on too. Oh. Is it like a good Warner way? Brothers oh, we'll doesn't see. have enough. Is, is it like a good Animaniacs kind of way? No, sorry. Oh, <laughs> I don't care. Being... But that is... Oh, let's go on to new business then. And this is new business, and we do not discuss new business until next quarter. And with new business, we start off by talking about... What the fuck was that? That's oh. what he does. He goes through this check. Yeah. He cut it, though, so we don't have to go through that. 
You know, you can you can you can talk shit about any of the things that we do, but don't give grief to clips. <laughs> no, no, I'm just gonna right. say, Lindsay, please give commentary after every clip you post. <laughs> Pete, I'll try. <laughs> Pete, I'm gonna say to you what you likely said to a the hurricane, and then be all the people waiting around for guests uh, on the lines, which is this: Just walk away, and there will be an end to the horror. And what? And just walk away, Pete. Just walk away. <laughs> <laughs> um, so with new releases we talk about so with new business we talk about new releases you douche no with new releases we talk about new business <laughs> okay no you said it better I know um, and <laughs> we actually have a new release for the week I do of course it's me it's always me oh my god Just... <laughs> I said bitch <laughs> carry on uh, alright so the new release I have is actually not really a metal album at all. It's um, by the band Soften the Glare. I've mentioned these guys before. It's the jazz fusion band featuring the bassist from Mudvayne. And their new album came out this week. It was on Bandcamp streaming. And it is fucking incredible. You know me with the, the whole noodly shit. Um, if you check out this album on Bandcamp, check out the fourth track, which is March of the Cephalopods. It is just amazing it's so fucking good no no lyrics it's all instrumental stuff but it is fucking amazing i highly recommend everybody check this fucking thing out it's so good for for you prog nerds all nerds nerds all, all nerds nerds welcome nerds yes Does anybody else have a new release well technically it would have been a new release had i showed up last week <laughs> um, no, 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 Pete. We're trying please. to wake you up. Uh, Paul. I know. Yeah, I Pete, saw. Please, please tell us where you were last week. Uh, I was I was asleep. Uh, <laughs> he was uh, tired. Apparently, yeah. I looked at my phone and there was like a call from Dan. And then I was like, oh, yeah. Is Sunday. it morning? Is it night? <laughs> <laughs> where did the day go? Yeah. Exactly how I felt. Actually, <laughs> what, what time of day was this again that we were recording? This was noon. Oh, it was um, noon. Okay, okay. I'm tired during the day. <laughs> <laughs> Is this all he does the whole time? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I've, uh, you I've, can talk too, honey. I've, I've earned my reputation. <laughs> we we're, we're working on trying to get the whole show where Dan doesn't say a word. <laughs> He just does clips, and we're, we're getting there. I closer and closer. I think, oh, time. I think we decided that episode 100 is going to be that episode, no matter what happens. <laughs> It'll just be clips. It'll be a clip episode. It's like every, every episode. Yeah, he's not allowed to talk. He's just, just him clips. cackling. <laughs> I, there's me laughing in the background, and, and then clips. But go on. Uh, right. Uh, Dawn of Disease, Ascension Gate, a melodic death metal band out of Germany. Uh, I think this is like. That might be like their seventh album or something, but these guys, one of those bands that are just always consistent with the stuff they produce. Uh, the sound is very much uh, akin to early in flames, uh, maybe a little bit more on the death side of things, uh, but just uh, it's great stuff. A lot of you know great melodic solos. Um, yeah, I can't really talk anymore. I really feel my voice starting to give out. <laughs> so yeah, just go buy this album. It's good. <laughs> it's good. He's tired. During the day. <laughs> uh, no, I'll, I'll finish it for him. It's fine. Stop pummeling me! It's really painful! <laughs> there you go, death metal. <laughs> <clears throat> um, so what else have we, have we been listening to this week? Pete, do you have anything before that we was, let you rest? It, no. <laughs> that, was, that was it. That was, yeah. Chris, what do you listen to this week? iPod on shuffle. 
I listened. I went back and listened to Draconian for a, for the first time in a while. They were like my one of my top three yes. way back when. I remember editing that one a lot. So. Was that the My Name is Jeff one? <laughs> no, no. I, I don't even remember what else was in the video. I just remember like watching the video as I as I pulled it from YouTube to put into the into the um, into our top three. So oh, gotcha, I, gotcha. I heard it several times. So. Okay. Um, Anthrax worship music because that was really fucking good. It's one of the Coed and Cambria records I picked up. Um, with the gift card from Pete, and then I forgot what else I listened to this week. Totally did. I think I think Archer Nation was in there at one point. Yes, yeah, it should have been. You know, should have sat here on Thursday night if you weren't going to be at the show. Listen to the album. Well, which which I'll get into. <laughs> I'll get into about that one. Um, I also listened to Archer Nation Colon the Week, um, which is still a fantastic record. Um, Immortal Sin and Unbeheld because I'm working on the reviews. Uh, Winter Calling because I still. I'm listening to the album even though I finished that review. Um, and the new Blaze Bailey album because I picked it up on Friday. Um, it's another one of Blaze Bailey's albums that went completely under the radar to me. Um, I, I realized that it came out in March, which I'm in the middle of preparing for March Top 3, so convenient timing. Um, but I listened to that album like probably three times, including on the way over here today. So it's really fucking good which I will fight anyone who says otherwise. Quick thing similar to that, um, I posted up the pictures of me with uh, Blaze Bailey at the um, Flipside event, <clears throat> which I'll get into later, um, and some one of our friends at the 1UP Cup um, responded in a way that I wasn't sure what they were getting at at first because the way they worded it, they said, um, basically that man has gotten far more shit than he, um, and that he deserves, which you can... Think means either he's gotten a lot of flack more than he's ever deserved, or any good things he's ever gotten he didn't deserve. So when they said, "Yeah, we're basically saying that he's underrated," I was like, "Good," because we were gonna have some words. <laughs> we were gonna fight. I understood what they said the first time. Well, I have to question that because a lot of people will automatically be like, "Blaze Bailey, who? What the? What the fuck that guy?" I'm like, "No, no, no, no." I mean, this guy's got some awesome mutton chops, that's for sure. Yes, that's, that's something to aspire to. <laughs> For, for bald men like me. <laughs> that is something to aspire to. Lindsay did not hear that. I didn't. I'm sorry. What were you saying? He wants nothing mutton, chops. mutton chops. Nothing, nothing about getting mutton chops. Ew. <laughs> you can grow a beard and tell people that if they look for them, there's mutton chops what if hidden I grow, in the beard. What if I grow a beard solely on my upper lip? Wait, What? It's you a, do it's, not. It's, a, it's another word for a mustache. You can't have a mustache. You do, your hair doesn't do it that way, unless if your facial hair just, can do what Freddie Mercury's can. Gonna... You can't have a mustache. Willie hears ya. Willie don't care. <laughs> <laughs> you can have. You can. Well, wait, you can have a mustache with hair also on the rest of your face. <laughs> I really like beards. As long as it's a mustache and a beard. Beard. Beards what, are the best. I don't what, know why you fight it. What if I do the uh, like the Triple H like mustache thing without like the chins or just like this bra thing? You mean the Hatfield? Yeah, the Hatfield. The, the what, what if you just yeah. have a beard? <laughs> what if you just start like shutting up? <laughs> you can grow it happy out. Happy wife, as... happy life. <laughs> you can grow it out as much as you want to. I won't even mind. But the airports will. Oh, that's happened. I know. That's why they said it. <laughs> All right. To both of you guys. I said <laughs> So, fun story. Back when, 
he tried to spite me, and he was like, I'm just going to keep growing my my beard out, and I'm not going to stop. And to his surprise, I was really into it, and it wasn't until he finally had to shave it himself. And I was like, no, what are you doing? And he regretted his decisions. <laughs> my face is cold. <laughs> Let's go on to general news. All right. Artery Records has been purchased by Warner Brothers Records. Artery? Told you. Arby's Records. Arby's? <laughs> we have the meats. Shoot, how much does Warner Brothers own now? Everything. Everything. That's not good. <laughs> In a statement issued to Alt Press, now former president Shane Dan Horan confirmed the news, which apparently saw the entire staff of the label let go. Of course it does. According to Horan himself, to address the rumors, yes, Artery has sold to Warner I can't disclose too much about the deal, but building up this company to a million record sales in just five years is a tremendous accomplishment for the fans, our artists, and the team. I'm humbled and appreciate each and every band I've ever had the honor of developing at Artery Records. As we hand over the keys to Warner, I'm not quite sure their plans for the label or catalog, but I hope they keep the legacy alive. With new slaves and capture records on the horizon, I'm sure the fans will be ecstatic. In the past, Artery Records has been home to the likes of Attila, Chelsea Grin, uh, Kubla Khan and various others. More recent output includes releases from Slaves, A Falsifer, She Must Burn, and Cold Black. That man made a lot of money. Who, who made a lot of money? That, oh, that guy? The guy that sold it. Well, he's you the president. I don't know if he's the owner of the company. Oh, say you, you hope that they do. Who knows if they actually did or not. So that's why you sell. So that... You know, they buy it from you. You make a lot of money and go retire somewhere, and all your employees or you get laid off. Or you can't keep the label up. Oh, or that. And you're bankrupt, and they give you, like, you know, a stipend. Just Is that what happen? Go, I don't know. There's no details. Oh, okay. Yeah, I did, But that's I, usually what happens. When somebody yeah. like Warner Brothers comes up and picks up an 80 billion label like that. Oh. Yeah, I mean, like, his, his little quotes here didn't end with dot, 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 suckers. <laughs> so I, I'm going to guess that this, this, this is not a necessarily happy ending. So. Like, peace out, bitches, I'm out. <laughs> Fuck this shit, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't see him walking away from this situation and, and, and basically saying, like, The most rewarding part was when he gave me my money. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's not the case here, so... Oh, here's a fun one. Go read that one. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Earlier this year, As I Lay Dying vocalist Tim Lambesis shared some vague posts via his and As I Lay Dying social media accounts that simply stated the word activity. <laughs> now, Rockfeed, citing a source they say is familiar with the situation, are reporting that Lambesis is planning to resurrect As I Lay Dying, oh ironically. God. You know, dying, resurrection. Anyway, Aren't with new are... members... Lambesis was released from prison on December 17, 2016, having originally been sentenced to six years in prison back in 2014. Why? Lambesis pled guilty to a charge of solicitation of another to commit murder, having attempted to hire an undercover cop posing as a hitman to murder his then-wife, Megan Lambesis. Oh, fuck that guy. Was As I Lay Dying Christian or not? Like, as a band? I think <laughs> they try... I, I think later on, like... Tim kind of tried to dissociate himself as being uh, a Christian band, like because of the murder Christian in a metal band kind of thing. Yeah, nonsense. <laughs> yeah, the whole we killing. Kill our wives. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. He hires somebody else to kill his wife. He's still not a sinner. Duh. Yeah. Technically, not the commandment. The other thing that happened when he was in prison was he tried to sue. I think it was the prison because he developed man boobs 
because of his steroid use. He didn't have he didn't have access to like the the, the counter drugs to prevent man boobs from his steroid use. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. This is this is salt of the earth, people. Don't, salt of the earth. Don't do steroids. <laughs> I don't have a clip for this. Like I I just <laughs> Dan's got nothing. Well, that's a first. <laughs> I mean, uh, if this were a video, like boobs or something, <laughs> I feel like that'd be appropriate. Right, right. Well, like, boobs. That's all B is just boobs. <laughs> I, I'll just, I'll just get the the Fight Club Bob had bitched it today. That's yes, about, that's about that's it. All, that's, yeah. but, but the thing is, it's it's, it's such an esoteric um, clip. I can only use it for this. So it only matters when he's in the news, which I hope is not very often. <laughs> well, it, you know, I think that the the best thing I saw was on Metal Sucks. He's like. Who in their right mind is going to be desperate enough to join this guy's band? Yeah, I, I would stay in the back of the stage all the time because I I'm, I don't want to go looking for a good place to you know pull a knife out of my back. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well that's it for general news. So let's go on to some recording news. All right, we're going to do. Uh... Oh God, there's so much recording news. I love it. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool because you know touring news is a little light. But anyway, Killswitch Engage are writing new material for a new album that's going to be. Anticipated for a 2018 release. Are you going to call this one now? Might as well. I mean, it's Killswitch <laughs> Engage. Scour is teasing a new EP called Red to be released this fall. Pete, are you going to call this one now? Uh, who? What's that? Scour. scour. That's the project. Oh, Scour. You said Scholar. I was like, who the hell is Scholar? No, we said Skrillex. I'm a Scholar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I don't know. dying? I go back and forth with uh, Phil. That motherfucker. So uh, I don't know. We'll see. All right. I go back and forth on that motherfucker. <laughs> you know what he's, today he's a motherfucker. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes he's just a good artist. Sometimes he's a bastard. And and a motherfucker. And a motherfucker. <laughs> Pete, you know what you sound like right now? Who? Oh, careful, honey. He has a knife. <laughs> what? No, no, I don't. <laughs> She's like, what? No, what? what? You're Lance. That's what you are. You're Lance. What? Am I that incoherent oh. right now? <laughs> I think you're just a little bit of this. You're oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Next up, Butcher Babies will release their third album, Lilith, in the fall via Century Media. What are you laughing at? Butcher Babies. <laughs> you might like them. You might like them. All right. Two, lady, two ladies on, at the front. Oh, I might. Yeah. That's still really funny. The Dark Element, the new musical project featuring former Nightwish vocalist Annette uh, Olsen. That's her name, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, a former member of uh, Sonata Arctica, whose name I cannot pronounce. You want to try? No. You sure. It's, well, um, his first name is Yanni. Let's just go with that. All right. And they will release its self-titled debut album on November 10th via Frontiers Music, of course. <laughs> Actually, no, that's a little surprising for, for that, depending on how it sounds. Well, Doro Pesh's forthcoming album will contain a special anthem you know, featuring guest appearances by a number of metal musicians, including members of Amana Marth, Creator, and Sabaton. Wow, that's cool. That's gonna be cool. I just I hope that with Sabaton, if it's if it's um, Yoakum singing, like he just comes in on a part where they just yell out, like "Here come the tanks!" <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mastodon will release a new EP, so it's not a new full album. Jesus, right? featuring four previously unreleased tracks. Cold Dark Place. This is what I was talking about last week. I thought it was a new album. It's actually just a, an EP. Will be made available digitally and on CD on September 22nd via Reprise Records, followed by the release of a limited edition 10-inch vinyl picture disc on October 27th. Three of the songs on Cold Dark Place, North Side Star, Blue Walsh, and Cold Dark Place, the uh, the title, uh, were recorded during the sessions for Mastodon's 2014 album, Once More Around the Sun, 
and were produced by Nick. Wow, that's a name. Anyway, a fourth <laughs> track, Toe to Toes, was recorded during the sessions for the band's most recent album, 2017's Emperor of Sand, and was produced by Brendan O'Brien. Something I can pronounce. <laughs> there you go. Luck of the Irish. Regardless, it's going to be awesome. You say that. Huh? You say that. I say that. All right. Alyssa White Gulls. Glooses. Glooses. <laughs> you are just. Yeah. What's, how's her, what's her last name? I think it's Gloose. Yeah, Gloose. Well, the thing is that it's like Gloose's because it's, it's, you know, whatever. Okay. Her upcoming solo album will feature collaborations with a uh, member of Camelot and at least one of her band members in uh, Arch Enemy. The Arch Enemy frontwoman says the idea for a solo project came about as a suggestion from the band's former lead singer, Angelo uh, Gasso, um, who has been managing Arch Enemy's career for almost a decade and also oversees Alyssa's personal affairs. So there you go. That sounds pretty cool, actually. September 22nd, we'll see the release of a Woo! new vinyl pressing of Gojira's The Way of the Fle- the Way of All Flesh and From Mars to Cyrus, Sirius uh, via Listenable Records. I would hope they'd be listenable. <laughs> Both are pressed on limited edition 180 grand double melted color vinyl. <laughs> the Way of All Flesh will be available on blue and black, while Mars From Mars to Sirius will arrive on beige and black. Say that ten times fast. What's that? Say that ten times fast. No. I'm trying to say it one time. That was my birthday. That's why I went. Yeah, Yeah, but you don't like Gojira, so. I don't really know yet. It's Gojira. Awesome. Anyway, China Girl is the name of a new outfit uh, featuring Pink Destroyer's John Jarvis on vocals, Derek Engeman. Uh, from Caledap- Decapitation and Scour on bass, and Dennis Sanders, uh, Spirit in the Room, and X Black Light Burns on vocals, guitar, and programming. The band have recorded a debut album and are in the process of mixing and mastering it. As a matter of fact, I think the album was streaming this week. It is. So, that's weird. Really? Like, yeah. they're mixing and mastering it, and like they're just, just going to post it up as they're doing it? I, I guess so, because it's, it's streaming now. Okay. It's right here. I didn't get the little chance to listen to it, but it's true. <laughs> the world's moving way too fast for me, man. <laughs> Slow this shit down. All right. <clears throat> All right. Century Media Records will reissue the essential studio albums In Requiem, Faith Divides Us, Death Unites Us, and Tragic Idol by Paradise Lost as high-class vinyl editions in September. <laughs> Furthermore, the band's 25th anniversary show recorded in London on November 3rd, 2013 at Abbey Road Live is going to be released on vinyl as a one-time-only pressing. So here's what we got going on here. We got Tragic Idol, due out on September 8th, and Gatefold Black, Gatefold Lilac, and Gatefold Clear. Faith Divides Us, Death Unites Us, due out also on September 8th, is Gatefold Black, Gatefold Silver, and Gatefold Dark Green. Live at the Roadhouse, due out September 15th, Gatefold Black, Gatefold Lilac, Gatefold Transparent Yellow, and Gatefold (laughs) Golden. Oh, here's the best one. In Requiem, due out September 15th, Gatefold Transparent Petrol Green. And these are all limited copies. What? Yeah, it's weird. Gatefold Mother of Pearl. <laughs> Lavender. <laughs> Lilac is purple, right? It's just purple? or yeah, I think it is purple, yes. Okay, good. Pretty sure. Just making sure of things. Clutch will be putting out their 2002 live album, Live at the Googleplex, on Picture Disc Vinyl, 
on October 6th through their own Weathermaker Music label. That effort featured tracks recorded from a number of cities while touring on the Pure Rock Fury cycle. This is a lot of fucking vinyl this week. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, like they were prepared for Pete's return. We've got one more. <laughs> Revocations 2009, sophomore album, Existence is Futile, will get its first vinyl release on October 6th through Metal Blade Records. The effort will be made available on a number of special colored vinyl pressings. Among the options are Amber Marble, <laughs> Pastel Orange, what? Green Vinyl, 180 gram black, pale golden, which sounds like piss to me, and clear orange. I will say that golden tends to be the worst color for vinyl. I have a couple of gold vinyl records, of course I do. Um, and yeah, never liked the way they look. The, I think the, the default color is like piss gold, pretty much. So Someone's very dehydrated when they made that one. What does it matter what color they are? Aesthetics. Oh, all right. <laughs> I've only ever seen black ones. <laughs> yeah, no, like colored vinyl has become a, a significant thing in in music lately. In my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's why we don't do the uh, do the podcast at his place anymore. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's just wall to wall colored vinyl. <laughs> Dork. <laughs> <laughs> He's the one with the colored vinyl. I was technically calling him the dork, but it's okay. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> you call me dork often enough. I don't need that I shit do. right now. I do. Well, because you are one. But... Because, and, you know, she lives with you, so I would hope she would know by now. That's why I go, yeah. hide, in the, that's why I go hide in the office. Which is technically, like, technically a closet scene. Like, your desk is in the closet. <laughs> yeah. That's where that's, I hide. That's just ridiculous. <clears throat> All right. So let's go on to the crowdfunding tracker, which I saw this one earlier because I don't read the script during the week. But I actually happened to look at it today, and yeah, it's, that's... Yeah, it's a bummer. Uh, Todd Honeycutt, bassist for technical black metalers Enfold Darkness, uh, killed himself this past Friday. Mm. He was only 30 years old. Enfold Darkness, the guitarist Elijah Whitehead came home from work to find Honeycutt hanging in his garage. The band launched a GoFundMe to help cover funeral costs and to transplant his body from Nashville to his family home in South Carolina. Their goal is ten thousand dollars. So far, they have four thousand one hundred and fifty-eight dollars. So they're about they're just under halfway there. And this only opened up what a few days ago? A day ago. Yeah. Because um, it, it happened Friday. Yeah. So the the crowdfunding thing started on. Didn't we Saturday. mention the band recently? They just released a new album. Yeah, that's right. That's what I thought. So, but that sucks. Yeah. So we'll be following that one for a little while. Yep. Um, let's go on to concert news. Which holy crap, we only have two bits of news. Three. Oh, three. Yes, three. All right, we'll just skip over festivals because there's no festival news. Wow. Touring news, hashtag no San Antonio date, the Oblivia, the Oblivia Scaris, <laughs> the Oblivia Scaris, fuckers, and Alenion. The Oblivia Scaris. Have announced a full North American tour together. The tour will commence under a week after October 27th release of their new album, Earn. So, not coming here, but they will be in Austin. And this is hashtag what year is it? Alien Ant Farm, Soil, and Local H will be out across the UK and Europe together in early 2018. I think Soil's coming around here sometime next year, which I would totally catch that. um, Actually, that show, I wouldn't mind actually get Local H out of there. They're fine after their Metallica show. Oh, yeah, that's the local (laughs) band that won the Metallica contest, right? (laughs) They can locally suck my nuts. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But Alien Ant Farm and Soil, I wouldn't mind seeing. So, again, Soil, I've seen like four times but it's been like a 
15 years now. Yeah. All right, and one-offs here. Sixth have announced that they will be, for, be, will be performing their 2006 sophomore album, Death of a Dead Day, in full live during their t- December 8th set at the Coco in London, England. Are you laughing at the name of the She's album? She's totally yes. laughing at the name of the album. Okay, for the record, Pete's been laughing as much as me. He's well, just more I think quiet he's laughing. about it. No, <laughs> it's after you start laughing because I realize the absurdity of a name like Death of a Dead Day. Like... gotta think about it <laughs> i've been desensitized listening to this music my whole life it's those kids it creates goth kids who are like <laughs> it creates a void so you have to fill it with like colored vinyl or it's exactly the death of a dead day <laughs> you are judging people so hard right now on the last episode of, <laughs> of the Stretch Shack podcast, make money and or we, get we, talked about. We, we mentioned that <laughs> Lindsay talking about those people growing up and whatnot made me think of the Sound of Light bit with Chris Kattan oh, yes. in the goth TV show in his basement. <laughs> yeah. and his jock brother come down. What are you doing? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's the people that Lindsay are talking about. <laughs> I mean, to an extent, never mind. <laughs> yes, it, it is us. <laughs> Ever heard Dan's email addresses? <laughs> what? <laughs> all right, let's move on to heavy metal. All the dirt from Dan. <laughs> <laughs> we got, we got, we got to balance it out. There's got to be more shade thrown my way. So we need, <laughs> we needed a third person because I got clips. <laughs> all right, heavy metal on the charts now. Yes, heavy metal right. on the charts. Noteworthy points. Foo Fighters, not metal, but who cares? Have scored a number awesome. of new platinum records. The R-I- the RIAA have just announced a wave of new United States sales certifications for the band, and here's what they earned. The band's 2011 album, Wasting Light, has gone platinum, last being certified gold on May 18th of 2011. Their single, Learn to Fly, has gone platinum, last having gone gold on June 12th of 2006. Their 2000, 2007 album, Echoes, Silence, Patience, and Grade. Yeah. Huh. Grace. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that's a typo. Has gone <laughs> platinum, uh, having previously hit gold status on December 13th, 2007. Their 2007 single, The Pretender, uh, from the newly platinum album, Echo Silence, uh, Patience and Grace, has gone double platinum, having previously been certified gold on February 13th, 2008. Everlong, from 1997's The Color and the Shape, has been certified double platinum as well, having hit gold status on March 31st, 2006. Best of You from 2005's In Your Honor has hit double platinum, last having gone platinum on April 24th, 2008. All of the above newly awarded certifications were given out on August 23rd, 2017. And just for purposes of people who have not listened to us before, a platinum album in the United States represents 100, I mean, 1 million units sold, while gold signifies 500,000 units. The sales certification factor in digital streams into their awards with 10% uh, 10 permanent track downloads counting as one unit and 1,500 on-demand audio video streams from the album also counting as a unit. I was going to say, if it's only 100, whoa, dude, we be raking it in. Here comes the money. <laughs> Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the Yeah, um, but, <laughs> but I feel that you, you see when they all last went platinum, it's like back in 2008, like I've, it's definitely this is definitely a, um, a situation where 
the streaming policy has become much more beneficial to artists. Oh, yeah. So, because the same thing with with Lincoln Park in the in the wake of Chester Bennington's um, death, just everything shot up. And so did like bands like Disturbed and Five Finger Death Punch got platinum records and gold records because of it too. So yeah, so. So I'm glad to see that it, it, it's benefiting someone I actually care about. True. Not, not that I don't care about Lincoln Park. Anyway, let's go on to the Billboard Top 200, and um, <laughs> I'm ready for this one. All right, first one up is Stephen Wilson, To the Bone. It's his new album debut is at number 58. Who's Stephen Wilson? Stephen Wilson is the lead singer of Porcupine Tree. Uh, what? Mm. Yeah. The lead singer of prog metal band Porcupine Tree, has a solo album out, debuting at number 58 wow. on the top 200. I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of ashamed of myself for not knowing that. And it's balls. It's like, I was like, wow. Didn't even know it came out, number one. And it's like... Oh, good balls. Okay. Yeah, good balls. Yeah. Good balls. <laughs> Holy balls. I thought you were saying, like, balls. This album Holy sucks. Holy like, balls. I was like, dude, don't be like, saying that. That's now. a yeah. rare thing for Chris to not yeah. like a, a prog no, album. No, well, the thing is, it's Steve Wilson. He's freaking awesome. Yeah. Anyway, Linkin Park, One More Light at number 66 from 46. Linkin Park, Hyper Theory at 88 from 56. Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon, probably because of the eclipse, at number 89 from 173. Thy Art is Murder has a new album out, debuting at number 95. The Black Album, of course, is at number 116 from 118. Linkin Park, Mediara at number 154 from 116. And the stupid shit on the charts for the week, The Best of Bonnie Tyler re-enters at number 180, just for the fucking eclipse. Seriously? That's really dumb. But he's so cool! But that's so dumb! Yes. I would have very much preferred holding out for a hero to have not only re-entered the charts, but have a permanent spot (laughs) (laughs) in the top 200. But unfortunately, I don't get my way. But Eclipse. Totally eclipse. It's that one, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but but that that counts for once in every X number of years. Holding out for a hero, we're all holding out for a hero. <laughs> that didn't go over as well as I thought it was going to. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we ready for the top twenty-five? I don't know. Are you? I don't know. Are you? Because I think number one is gonna make. You might as well just get like the sploosh sound ready for yourself here. Okay, okay well, I'm going to get some, some angry noises ready first. I know what comes up first. All right. All right. Number 25, Papa Roach, Crooked Teeth. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> no clip required. Just get the fuck oh, out of here. Right. How dare you should... This isn't even your place. You know that, right? <laughs> you might want to save that for some other people. Oh, wait. What's the top 25? Uh, top 25 hard rock albums. Oh, okay. On the Billboard charts here. Number 24 is uh, Lifelines by I Prevail. 1X by Three Days Grace is number 23. Number 22 is The Greatest Hits by Three Doors Down. I'm still, th- not, still not sure what that is. <laughs> it's Kryptonite End. Yeah. Uh, 21 is Greatest Hits by Motley Crue. Okay. Number 20 is Feed the Machine by Nickelback. Number 19, And Justice for All by Metallica. I'm kind of upset that you grunted at Motley Crue but not Nickelback. <laughs> <laughs> Number 18 is Aerosmith's Greatest Hits. <laughs> 17 is Audio Slave, self-titled. Nice. Number 16 is Master of Puppets, Metallica. Number 15 is Immortalized by Disturbed. 14 is Minutes to Midnight by Linkin Park. Number 13 is The Wrong Side of Heaven and the Righteous Side of Hell, Volume 1 by Five Finger Death Punch. It's going up. 
It is actually going up, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Number 12 is All the Right Reasons by Nickelback. It's not going up. Actually, it stays exactly where it was supposed to be. Well, not supposed to be, but exactly where it was. <laughs> yeah, you, you choose those words. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was poor phrasing. All right. Number 11 is The Foo Fighters' Greatest Hits. Number 10 yeah. is Back in Black, or otherwise known as ACDC's Greatest Hits. Number 9 is Hardwired to Self-Destruct by Metallica. Number 8 is Greatest Hits by Bon Jovi. Number seven, Meteora by Linkin Park. Number six, Mothership by Led Zeppelin. Number five, Metallica Black Album. Four, Guns N' Roses' uh, Greatest Hits. Three, the new album by Thy Art Is Murder, Dear Desolation. Number two, Linkin Park, Hybrid Theory. And the number one album is Queen, Greatest Hits. Oh, my ovaries. There it is. <laughs> there it is. That's They're right. Exploding. <laughs> Not sitting at number two or number three anymore. It's number one. Yep. Queen owns your face. Oh wait, I think I have a clip for this. For Queen specifically? Yeah, just 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 for for excitement oh. and and things happening that are victorious. Yes, 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 oh. yes! I can win. I feel great. I can do this. <laughs> That's actually Chris in the gym. <laughs> 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 when he thinks no one's watching. That's the worst thing about it is that when I work out at the gym and I know the gym is empty, but there's a shit ton of cameras in there. <laughs> I guarantee the owners are probably like, I wonder who was in the gym last night. Oh, it's that dancing fool. <laughs> what is he doing? <laughs> there's just security footage of you doing laps around the gym like, yes! <laughs> No, there, there probably literally is. Like, there's no doubt in my mind. Like, la- like the Friday that we were supposed to have the, the hurricane here in San Antonio... I went to the gym because my last client canceled and the world was supposed to end. I was like, well, I might as well be somewhere where I want to be if the world's going to end. Got to be in good shape. Right? Which will I'm going to be fucking actually. fighting the storm. Anyway, <laughs> I'm the only person there for like three hours. I got there at like 6.30. I left at 9. There's not a soul there. I'm just sitting there like, yeah, this is the greatest day ever. Yeah, because someone tried to walk in and you was like, bitch, I eat people. <laughs> <laughs> that's, usually, that's usually the look on my face. <laughs> That's usually the look on my face, yes. Three hours at the gym. Yeah, really. That's, that's, I took my that was time. my takeaway, too. I took like, my time. The fuck are you there. doing? I didn't know. <laughs> She's like, whatever. That's it. <laughs> Give me some ice cream. I know. Okay. Um, <laughs> so now I'm, I'm all excited now for the queen thing. Um, can't stop us now. You can't stop me now. <laughs> All right, so well, the thing is, Daniel, since you got married, it's only it's only us. <laughs> like you know, it's, it's only us. I was talking about Queen as a, <laughs> and you know, as a group, us now. But all right. <laughs> I said, bitch. <laughs> What'd you but, say? <laughs> but you didn't say it. The machine did. Uh, like I you know. can't even say it. <laughs> Actually, I, I now have I now have my my theme for what if, if Lindsay tries to mess with me. You're gonna get your name tattooed to yourself too, just in case you forget. Yes, I do forget very often. Thank you. Um, so this is normally where we have a commercial break, which we don't have a commercial. What do you say? Normally have a commercial break? We've never had a commercial break. Ever. Have we ever, had ever, a commercial ever, ever, break? ever, ever, ever. I wrote it in there. It must be normal. No, no, you wrote it in there, and there's never, ever, ever, ever been a commercial break. If anybody wants to provide a commercial for a commercial break, <laughs> this is a commercial for a commercial. I was gonna say, break. who's our sponsor? What's going on? 
Taco right. Cabana. It's Where's Mike? Commercial in our pocket. I haven't received a check, so. They give us free tacos. <laughs> Monster Energy Drink. If you want to put a commercial. Ooh, Whataburger. Whataburger. And then I can get Whataburger all the time. You should do that. <laughs> yeah, Dave, you should do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's a great idea. I could totally do that. It's, it's actually a very brilliant plan. However, it all makes perfect sense if you're on a lot of cocaine. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyway, so going past our normal commercial break, not for Taco Cabana or Monster Energy Drink or Steel Reserve or Whataburger. Thank you, one from everybody. Thank you. Um, I'm going to go on to the I Saw Show segment. I'm gonna everyone go- just kind of buckle in. For yeah, this everyone one. buckle in. Pete, you can actually fall asleep now. You might as well go home. Done. This is the end of the, this is the, end of the podcast no, right no, here. No, no. <laughs> uh, he actually wants to listen, listen in. To he wants to know what he missed at the, at, at the show over the weekend. So, Which I wrote things down to make this a little bit easier oh on me. God. Shut up, fool. <laughs> so I don't have to sit there and go, um, er, um, er. Um. I know I will. That's how I roll. Shut up. I mean, come on. We've recorded videos together. It's now, terrible. to begin. Um, er, um, er. <laughs> Okay, so I have so thus far I've had a pretty stacked weekend, and it's actually going to be continuing after this because we're going to go see Black Savage. Um, but my weekend started on Thursday. Savage, go make a sandwich. <laughs> you got nothing? Get those clips ready. I got I got all the clips ready. I'm going to just move the microphone away because I'm not supposed to be talking right now. Didn't bring me a fucking sandwich. You yes. God damn you! I need that sandwich. Savage. Now. Oh my god! I want a BLT. Sorry. <laughs> this is what I put up with. I, I could totally go for a burger right now. You should have burgers. Said... <laughs> I just had a burger. Well, well, while we, while Dan for... talks, can we just go out and get some food? <laughs> <laughs> we'll come back and we're still going? I mean, it's possible. <laughs> no, because you just had a burger. Fuck you. I did. It was good. It's BLT. <laughs> they do have BLTs there. So like down the street. <laughs> Anyway, so Thursday night, um, went to Fitzgerald's to catch Archer Nation um, and Killstorm and Wall of Soul. Uh, there was a fourth band, a conviction was on the, the bill too. Um, now, first thing I want to say is that I'm an idiot, which is no surprise to you guys. Um, I thought that we saw Archer Nation back in August of 2015. We saw them in March of 2016. Yeah. I completely... I don't know where that big gap of time. Yeah, I was gonna came. say, like, where the hell did that number come? I don't know, but actually, like, the Archer Nation, the last Archer Nation show that we went to was the last time we did an I saw show video. Really? Yes, huh. we haven't done we haven't done one of those videos since then. That was really? the last, that was the last time. Yeah. Holy fuck! Yeah, because we just we started doing it on the show on on the podcast, oh, so we don't oh, do the oh, so so kind of bit of full circle a year and a half later. Um. So first, I'm, I'm going to say that I, I came in a little bit late. I didn't get to see Conviction. I came in a little bit late, um, and Killstorm was setting up. And um, now I've talked about them a bunch of times in the past, so I'm not gonna really going to get too much into this because I've talked about how, how great they are. Um, but waiting for the show to start up, um, the band was pretty much already set up, and there was no sign of their singer, Rob Steele. Um, so I talked to uh, Ray, their drummer, and he was saying that um, Rob was running late. Um, and it pretty much like after maybe 10 minutes after they were supposed to start, he still wasn't there, so they started without him. So they played instrumental for three songs. Um, 
Now, I'm always cool with seeing bands in these kind of unusual circumstances, like when we saw Epica and we had uh, Amanda Somerville sing for them instead of Simone. Yeah, that was pretty um, cool. And in the case of something like this, um, because of the fact that Killstorm doesn't have any recorded material yet, um, it was nice to be able to get an earful of how they sound musically. Because um, I have, you know, you, you can't really just sit down at home with headset and, and really absorb it. So getting to see them play the songs. Um, Give me like a new appreciation for for them musically, and they are really fucking good. They kind of they toe the line between power metal and thrash metal, which is no surprise, especially considering the fact that their their bass player Steve is also in Beyond Black, which is a great thrash metal band from here in San Antonio. Um, so after the third song, singer comes on stage and they play out the rest of the set. I think they had to cut it short by at least one song because they went on late. Um, but you know, aside from the one setback, great performance. Um, Archer Nation. Uh, now I was listening to Colin the Week earlier in the week. Uh, huh, words, like I had said, uh, just kind of getting pumped to 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 get ready for the show and everything. So I'm expecting to hear like Hurled Across, the title track, uh, World Is One. I'm getting ready for all of these. Guess how many songs from the first album they played? I recognized one. Oh, really? Because. Um, Actually, sorry. They they played one, which is the day that ever came. So none of those tracks that I had just mentioned. Um, no covers. Last time we saw them, they played at least one Metallica cover. No, they didn't. They, they played Tornado Souls. It was Megadeth, man. Oh. Right? Didn't they? Didn't... That no, was the other they, band. They, they, Remember they the... played Tornado Souls because Broken Soul right, played right. Four Horsemen. Yeah. But yes, but so so they did that. But your, your memory is balls. I know, dude. right? But still, they didn't play any covers. It was pretty much all their stuff. Um. And it's all new material, so stuff that oh. they are preparing to release um, in the coming weeks. Or in the coming weeks, coming months, sorry. Here's a question, though. Mm. How many people were in the audience? Was it you? No. Thankfully, this, this the, what we had mentioned at the last show back March 2016, that it was literally the three of us, um, Broken Soul, who was playing the show, and then the people working there. Um, which was such a bummer because the the band is fantastic. This time, much more populated, thankfully. Oh, okay. Because yeah, because actually, I, I sent you guys a message um, after Killstorm had finished because everyone, I guess, had gone outside to, to smoke and whatnot. I was like, holy crap, don't tell me this place just cleared out for Archer Nation. I will fuck somebody up. <laughs> um, but as as they started getting setting up and, and their set was about to start, people came back in. I was like, good. I will, I will glue you all to your suits. hate you. Because Dan uh, just carries like super glue in his backpack. All, I, I have gorilla glue just sitting near all my stuff, so I mean, yeah. no, no reason why all not. That's right. Um, so if I had any gripe about the show, it would have been the set list. Um, but that's really minor compared to anything else, um, and I understand the reasoning for it. Because um, after they were done, I spoke to um, Dylan and David, the guitar player slash singer and uh, bass player, respectively. And they said that like, this tour is essentially just meant to test out that new material. You know, apparently, it's, it's you know it's one thing to sit there, write, and record it. It's another thing to play it live and to perform, you know, in an energetic way while playing it live. So it's basically this tour is for them to perfect things before they go on to a bigger tour um, nationwide. You know, um, so obviously I can understand that kind of mentality to it. That being said, the new songs sound absolutely fantastic. Um, so if you're a fan of Calling the Week, you're going to be a fan of the new material. It sounded so good. Um, can't wait to hear here at studio. Can't wait to see them live again. Um, hopefully they come around with, with another name act. Um, it was nice to chat with them afterward. They did remember us. 
Um, they they asked us for new new stickers because they the old ones wore off, so we have to uh, eventually get them some new stickers. Um, and they signed my poster for the wall. So, cool. Um, but very cool guys and fantastic performance. Um, now, Wall of Soul was supposed to close out the show, and I left after Archer Nation. After I talked to Archer, the guys for a little while, um, which I'm pretty sure, from what I understand, Wall of Soul may have been on the bill last time too. Like, if like Broken Soul played, then Archer Nation, and then Wall of Soul might have closed out that night. Really? So I don't remember that. I, I thought I, I thought I heard somebody mention that. If not, Wall of Soul's band has been on a lot of bills for shows that I've gone to, <clears> and for one reason or another, I have never caught them. Either I've either I've come late, left early, or like I was gonna go to a show and then ended up not going to it for whatever reason. So I've missed my chance to see these guys probably four times at this point. <clears throat> so I made it my mission to see it. Um, two nights later, which is last night, um, on Saturday at EdgeFest. Um, EdgeFest was a cancer benefit at Fitzgerald's for Brian Keith of the Edge Online Rock Radio out of Kerrville. Um, now, Brian's one of those guys who kind of comes to a lot of the shows a lot. He shows a lot of um, love to local acts and everything. So the purpose of the show was to pitch in to help with medical expenses for um, his cancer diagnosis. So for the show on Saturday, I arrived a little bit late. Uh, I missed the very first band. I think because I don't even, I, I came in at a time where I thought the second band would be finishing up and they were I guess just getting started or something um, because I was not a fan of the band that was on and as such I will not name them um, they're kind of a country rock mix and that is far from my cup of tea <laughs> so I, I will give them credit where credit's due for their renditions of like Johnny Cash songs Guns N' Roses Bob Dylan I think they did some originals and everything but you know credit for their little tweakings of those songs but I couldn't get into it so so I spent a good bit of time outside kind of sitting around awkwardly for a while uh, talked to some of the some of the guys um, you know Seance and Byfish were both playing that night so <clears throat> um, so I was chatting out with those guys I saw the members of Alpha Syndrome there I didn't really get the chance to talk to them so hopefully I'll get the chance to talk to them on the 23rd when they play with Seance and also when, when I see them I have to give them praise because I think I mentioned this to you I don't know if I I think I mentioned it to Lindsay I'm not sure who I spoke to about it um, but the interview that we did with, with Alpha Syndrome I'm pretty sure they put into a paid advertisement on Facebook, which explains why we had the boost that we had oh. as far as our likes go. Um, you know, they, they, they did do a lot of sharing on their own, but I'm pretty sure that they made it a paid advertisement, so oh. more people than just their fans and us saw it. Cool. Um, so have to give them praise for, for that. <clears throat> anyway, uh, Wall of Soul came on afterward, and you know, like I said, they're a name I've been meaning to catch for such a good long time, and I finally did. <laughs> Greetings, folks. Dan Mack here, actually recording this a few days after the actual podcast. Um, I hadn't finished writing down my thoughts prior to recording the show, and the conversation in the actual uh, episode of the podcast got derailed at this point, and I honestly didn't want to include it in the final product. So I'm actually recording this now as kind of an addendum. Um, so Wall of Soul, they employ a more blues-oriented sound with lots of heavy grooves, like a really strong Led Zeppelin vibe with some more modern influences thrown in, which made it no surprise that they closed with a medley of Zeppelin's The Ocean and Immigrant Song. Their original material employs the aforementioned grooves in a way that is an homage to their influences, keeping the guitars distorted but not particularly heavy, a very fluid rhythm section, and strong deeply toned vocals to tie it all together with an attitude and conviction that are demonstrative of the rough but fun quality of the music. 
Overall, the band could feel right at home playing with any number of bands of differing rock genres due to the versatility of what is considered the classic rock sound. Playing that evening after a more country rock band, but before three acts that one would classify as metal, Wall of Soul was still in their element. Even on the bill for the Nation show days earlier, I would still say that they were in their element. Now, from what I understand, at least one or maybe two of the musicians on stage that night were temporary stand-ins for actual members of the band. And being unaware of the band's exploits prior to this point, this information really didn't affect me personally, as the stand-ins were able to match the energy of the rest of the band, so credit to them and to the band for keeping things together with a fraction of the main lineup. I planned on buying their CD when I came back from heading to the Blaze Bailey show, but by then it seemed the merch booth was gone, so um, next time. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I have no more to say about that then. So I'm going to go on to talking about um, the other show that I went to because I left from there. Because prior to me deciding that I was actually going to go to that show, I had decided I had bought a ticket to go see Blaze Bailey, and Blaze Bailey is bucket list material for me. Um, I I don't even know when the last time he came to the states was. I don't know how often he comes to the United States. Um, so I had to take this opportunity to go catch it. Um, and also considering the fact that I hadn't been keeping up with his new stuff in a long time. So he was playing at the Rockbox, um, and I showed up as the previous band were finishing up Force of Rage. Um, I have heard the name a bunch recently because I know that a handful of shows that bands like Cyrus and Bifest have been playing have had these guys. I only call it one song, but man, like, they had some energy. They're, like, they're, they're older guys. But they were they were they were moving like they were twenty years younger, so it's uh, th- that that definitely deserves more of a t- attention for for me. Um, I don't know how often they're gonna come here because they're from Austin, but I will have to be looking into that a little bit more. Um, not long after that, Blaze sets up. There isn't very much theatrics. There aren't very, very much theatrics for Blaze's show. A lot of that kind of storytelling is put into the music uh, because of his albums. A lot of them are. You know, thematic. Um, so pretty much just simple stage setup. Uh, if anyone's ever seen, been to the Rock Box, or just, just, just it's uh, without anything on the stage, it seems very, very spacious. So four guys on stage, um, and they just had room to rock. And the thing that amazed me the most was the fact that like they turned the monitors, like they put the monitors to the edge and then turned them because they all stood at the very front of the stage. Like, all of them had their feet on the very edge. They stayed at the far front for the most part. Like, as far, as close to the audience as they can get. I thought that was very cool. Um, I don't know if I was standing next, next to the amplifier that specifically had Blaze's voice or if they, they put him that loud through both, but he sounded perfect, like, almost the entire time. Um, his band... His backing band is so incredibly talented. Um, all three members just destroyed um, their drummer. I thought he was about to like start breaking through the heads. Uh, I was worried that he was actually going to get like one of the drumsticks caught in his beard because it was just so moving so fast. His guitar player is phenomenal. Like I've not seen a guy in a traditional metal band shred like that. This is like. If he were to ever leave Blaze Bailey's band, I think he would go on to some amazing things as well. Um, kind of like, like Gus G. Gus G was in Dream Evil. Gus G has Firewind. He's his own shit now. He's all over the place. This is the kind of thing I could see for a guy like this. Um, and then same thing goes with the bass player. You're playing you're playing a lot of Iron Maiden songs. Everybody knows that Steve Harris's fingers are... It should be broken off by now. Um, but this guy 
had great chops, and it was fantastic to see. So overall, band was great. Blaze sounded great. The set list was, as far as as far as Blaze's own material goes, it leaned heavily toward the latest album, but it had a lot of staples as far as Maiden goes. So there was the Klansman, there's Future Real, um, Virus, Man on the Edge. One of the one of the fun parts of the show was they did a Wolfsbane song, uh, which is Blaze Bailey's first band, and it was also where they did the solos, and. During the whole set, the guitar player is kind of jokingly trying to get into the middle of the stage in front of Blaze, and Blaze keeps pushing him back. And at one point, the bass player and the guitar player just grab him, throw him behind them, and they go into the front and just play solos for minutes. And that's how they lead in the guitar solo, and then they lead into the, the drum solo. So they kind of do it in a more fun way than just simply like, oh, there you go, there's a, there's a guy playing stuff. Like, no, they kind of have a little bit more fun with it. And they destroyed. So I'm uh, very glad I got to see it. It's everything I wanted it to be. Um, Blaze Bailey deserves a lot more than he gets. So he deserves a lot more shit. No, he deserves a lot more <laughs> praise. He deserves he deserves a lot more praise for 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 his music, for his abilities, for even his time in Iron Maiden. Because not not everything that is not everything about X Factor and Virtual Eleven that sucks is his fault. In fact, I wouldn't even necessarily blame him for 95% of it. So, so yeah. Um, and the day before that, I got to actually you know, get him to sign some of my stuff because they did a um, meet-and-greet event at Flipside Records, which I finally went to Flipside Records. Has anybody ever been to Flipside Records? I've heard of it. Yeah. I've never been. I actually have to go back there because there was a Vol of Voodoo single on vinyl. Hi, Lindsay. I'm not spending $7 on a vinyl single. Of seven? That's fine. Okay, cool. Good. Yes. Sweet. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> um, Confirmed. Wait, yeah. like, so it's just one song? No. Like two. <laughs> <laughs> we're sad. All right. You do you, man. <laughs> uh, I think that's where we're going to call it. I will probably put in a little thing after the fact to fill in my wall of soul part. Um, but Chris, what time is it? Time for me to go to bed. What? <laughs> food times? Yeah, that too. Food in the bed. Is it the food times? I'm tired. So all of a sudden. All right. So until next time, I'm Dan Mac. I'm Chris Mac. And I'm Pete. And I'm Lindsay Mac. I'm Lindsay. <laughs> Yeah, I think I have. You a, didn't uh, let me do it last time. Last time I had to wait until a special introduction. <laughs> <laughs> because because we were we were putting a lot of smoke in the house. <laughs> well, that too. That, that was that was yeah, that was today too. <laughs> yeah. Guess what? On your way out, if you want to kill somebody, it would help me a lot.